Welcome back to season four of Flop Stars. If you were here last week, you will know that things are a little bit different this season. I'm still Sam Murphy, and with me is still Nick Kelly, but instead of looking back, we're looking into the future. This season, we're deep diving on an artist who has flopped in the past and envisioning a future for where they avoid a flop. (laughs) We're talking dream collaborators, perfect album titles, and the sound they should go for. This episode is all about Charlie XCX's next era. She's announced that her most pop album yet is on the way, citing Janet Jackson as a major influence. If she's returning to pop, it may mean she's ready to play the mainstream game again after a period of experimentation. On this episode, we'll talk about how Charlie can get hits again. Hello, birthday boy Nick Kelly. How are you? Oh, thanks, Sam. It's good to be here from locked down greater Sydney area um, and psyched to dive into the future again because at the moment, thinking about the future is absolutely what is helping us get through another tough time here on the east coast of Australia. Exactly. And at least this time around for the lockdown, there is music being released. People aren't pulling release dates once again so you've got that to entertain you yeah and i genuinely feel this sense of there's so much optimistic music out at the moment and it just feels like a barrage is coming towards us of just people releasing music that's about the escape and about the end of a tough time and it's genuinely you know being in a tough time at the moment it's, it's actually quite nice to hear that stuff and it's definitely the stuff that I'm gravitating towards and I think we'll unpack that in a second with some of the new music that's come out this week as well um, but I'm very excited to dive into the Charlie record hours ago she's kind of started to leak sort of themes and ideas that she's going to be yeah. going for and allude to them on social which I think can help frame the conversation today so yeah I'm really looking forward to it I mean, she's a perfect one for this new format of Flop Stars because she's somebody who has obviously had big hits in the past, detoured away from that, and now it sounds like she's ready to play the game again. So it's going to be fun to get into it and think about how Charlie can get her boom clap moment again. I'm psyched. That, it's so possible. But yeah, let's um let's dive into this week's songs. There's a lot going on this week. We've got... The weekend's announced he's got a new record done. So you'll be excited about that. I can't wait. It seems like Normani is going to be back this week. In In mere hours, I think, Cardi B is expected to make an announcement that she will be featured on the new Normani single, if that's Huge. what her announcement is. Otherwise, disregard me listening to <laughs> gossip. <laughs> so things are heating up. Um, but last week was a big week for big releases as well. So we are going to play a game of bop or flop and go through some of the new releases from last week. Are you ready for the first one, Nick? Hit me. The Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber's Stay. Smasher. Straight out of the gate, that's a bop. Smasher, um, not even using our bop or flop vernacular. No, it, it transcends the concept of bop or flop. Um, this is just, the, it's perfect. It's a perfect song. Um, and so exciting to see Leroy just continue that meteoric rise to literally being one of the biggest stars in the world right now. Um, the Stay story is interesting. It's been kind of floating around the internet for the past few months um, in, a, in a sort of leaked form, um, including... Leroy literally leaking the first 15 seconds about three months ago. There's a TikTok from May, him and Addison Rae dancing to the first 15 seconds of it. So it's it's kind of been one of those things that fans have known it exists for for quite a while, but the song 
you know, we still hadn't heard the beat. We'd only heard the chorus, which kind of slows it down a bit. And we hadn't heard that kind yeah. of like blinding lights, you know, fast paced 80s kind of beat that Charlie Puth worked so hard on. And um, I hadn't even noticed it was so 80s until I saw Charlie Puth doing a kind of like 80s, like treadmill kind of dance to it on TikTok. Yeah. And, I've now found this additional appreciation that it's so subtly also a kind of like 80s, you know, Star Trek-y kind of thing as well. Um, I think it's it's brilliant. It's it's one of the best big pop songs of the year. I'm very excited by it. Bop. Yeah, it definitely sounds like in the um, wheelhouse of the Bieber album, more so than anything that the Kid Leroy's ever done. But I think that's good because I think he positioned himself as a hip-hop kind of person, but his voice is so great and it just keeps maturing and getting better. That I feel like he, he does have stay a really unique voice. He does have a yeah. really unique pop voice. Like I think he really lends himself well to, you know, I don't want to say he should be jumping on a bloody, you know, Alesso song, but I'd I really love the idea of him being oh, on some stuff a that's a little time. bit more. Yeah, exactly. I like the Cigala. idea of him being on a Let's bit more dancey stuff. Yes, I would be here for that. <laughs> He's just got this wonderful rasp to it, and it's it's incredibly authentic. And yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Leroy jumping into that lane and, and he's not shied away from that you know he he is has been pigeonholed in the past as a rapper because he's got bars but he also I sound so white um but he got also bars. he got bath but he also like he he cites a lot of like soul and jazz and and that really you know melodic R&B stuff as as a huge influence from him and you can hear it coming through you know this early on in his output um, so yeah, he's, he's definitely just got, uh, this, the sky is the limit. I just don't know how big he can get. Yeah. He could be the biggest star in the world. Like he genuinely could be. Well, speaking of a kid that can't be pigeonholed, Billie Eilish, NDA. <sighs> Billie. Um, I think Billie's suffering Is this from... her flop era? Are we going to yeah. get her album on flop stars? Yeah, Bully Eyelash's flop era. Um, I think this is showing a trend of her being a little bit... And yes, you should be allowed to do this. Be self-serving in your music. But writing yeah. a song about how you're too famous to have a boy over after writing songs about how tough the music industry is and how hard it is to be you know, a rich white woman in the music industry. Um, there just feels a little bit of a sense of it's lost that relatable touch that made her so likable in the first instance. And yeah, coupled with the fact that... a disconnect that, on this record. Yeah, and sonically, I think NDA is probably the most boring thing she's ever done. And it's, it's really? trying to be groundbreaking and all like Kanye, heartless, but without yeah, any of the heart. So I it's think it's the most interesting me. one on that uh, that she's released off this new album. Are yet. you kidding? Maybe maybe bar therefore I am, but yeah, I feel like the other two, your power and loss, is it lost cause? Lost cause. I, I like, like lost cause. So flat. I like lost cause. I feel cause. like at least this one's a bit more exciting. No. No, 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 no. Anyway, just, still, like, nothing has made me very excited for this album. So, we'll see. Maybe it's all about the final product. The only thing that made me excited was the haircut. I was like, oh, cool, we're going Debbie Harry I know. Like, I know, and I even liked the cover as well. I was yeah. like, this is very good and very over the top. But anyway, we'll see. There's, like, 87 songs on the album, so... yeah. 
I still like her. I just think there's been a couple of misses in a row, and I, th- I really don't think this is a good song. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting the misses. That said, I'm going to go bop for NDA. Really? Yeah, I, I like it more than the others. Well, I'll leave context. you to listen to it. I'll leave you. To leave <laughs> Thank with you that. very much. She <laughs> Thank doesn't you need for my giving streams. Me my She'll be fine. Solitary listening space. <laughs> um, next one is BTS. <laughs> Speaking of giving me permission, oh um, BTS's permission to dance. Good segue. Written by Edward Sheeran. Yeah. So Ed is that his on- full name? I've never thought about what his full well, name is. I just realised in the rundown we've got two Ed co-writes in this block of six songs. Um, we do. We do. We'll get to the other one in a second. But it's interesting to hear Ed for the first time on a... I think this will be Ed's first K-pop cut, or at least Ed's first big K-pop cut um, with Surely. Steve. You can definitely hear the Ed writing on it. I think that's kind of the magic of Ed's writing style is, regardless of who does the track, you can hear his writing on it, which I think is a really yeah. impressive thing to be able to do, put your stamp onto people's music. Um I kind of get what BTS are going for here. They've kind of gone with the if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mantra for the last three records. So Dynamite smashed it. They come through with a literally lab engineered down to the A&R person, um, Ron Perry, actually having a co-write on the record in Butter. (laughs) And then we've got to Permission to Dance, which is just another manufactured, perfect slice of pop music. I'm going to go bop because it literally just objectively is a bop. Um, it's got absolutely, it's completely devoid of soul. It's completely devoid of any personality. And the <laughs> BTS, it's interesting with the BTS stands. They, uh, they, they, they argue that the song can still be a great BTS song, even if they didn't write it because of their connection to the song and the fact that they connected to the lyrics and yeah. they connected to the, to the track, which I respect. And I don't think you need to have written the song for it to be amazing, but it's just... It, I think it's just quite factual that this is a really perfectly ma- lab-engineered pop song that is Absolutely. so saccharine I mean, dripping Ed in butter. I mean, Ed and Steve Mack are like a, a kind of pop dream team. Oh, totally. And almost a guaranteed hit. I, just, I have to go flop on this one. It's so bad. You know I, lo- I love a bit of BTS, but like... You do, and you love pop music. Is, it reminds me of um, Justin Timberlake can't can't stop the feeling and i love that that's song one of my oh i hate that song so much that i don't this just doesn't even sit right for bts for me like it's even beyond butter it's it just doesn't feel right and i feel like they need to just go back to that like boy with love with housey i feel like was such a good like entry point to the american market and like a really good cross of korean and english and like it had their style and it wasn't like really made for america but you know like it wasn't targeting any market and i just feel like this is so obviously just like playing into the hands of western music markets and it's just not it doesn't do it this one doesn't do it for me I'm really intrigued by where BTS go because there is this just very... Everything about BTS at the moment is very obvious. There's no mystery about it. Yeah. They are literally trying to make the biggest, most simple pop records possible to attract the most people in to convert them to working in the American market. And it's working. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, you know, Dynamite did all it's the It's definitely all the working. Yeah. I think Butter's but still number one. It's like six weeks. Crazy! I love the story of but- how Butter got number one on radio. They literally drove the song across America to every radio programmer 
and played <laughs> it for them in a bus. There was a big BTS bus and the marketing team oh my drove the song across America and played it to every radio programmer. And that's how it became the first song that's to get great. added to every reporting radio station in the first week in history, <laughs> which is that's just amazing. nuts. Um, yeah, Wait, it's just such an obvious marketing machine. Absolutely. And I think, you know, and maybe that is the whole, maybe that is part of being a BTS fan is that you just want mainstream success for them and you want the most ears on them. And that's part of the redeeming part of being a BTS stan. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All um, right. Next one is um, Omar Apollo, Go Away. Oh, go away. Get fucked. Go away, get fucked, fuck off. Um <laughs> This song is an obvious... This song is not an obvious. This song is a warm hug. And it just... It's sitting perfectly for me. It's everything I need right now. Um, Why did I think you were going to... You were about to go the other way. Okay, I'm glad you're on this track. Oh, I'm obsessed with it. I think it's such beautiful, warm, R&B-tinged pop music. I think Omar is just a... Beautiful, beautiful writer. That his mm. voice is just honey. It's to, uh, just everything about this is perfect. It's just it feels like an injection of sunshine, um, and I don't know whether that's the winter hitting here, but it just literally it, it feels like a savior of winter. It's just it's a perfect summery, warm R and B song. I think it's 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 brilliant, and I'm so excited about Omar's next kind of steps. Um, and where he's going to go from here because I, I think he's another one. I remember seeing him super early on at a festival here in Australia just before the pandemic and just he's got everything. He's a fucking superstar um, and the music's amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm psyched about Omar and I think this song's such a good, such a smart stroke. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. At, the first time I heard it, I felt like he wasn't doing enough. But um, since it's settled in, I get the the lane that it's in, and it's, it's that's really the beauty warm of and it. comfortable, like you said. Yeah, yeah I think it's going to keep growing, and I think it's going to be a real kind of like slow burner here in the summer. Yeah, I'm excited about that. It kind of reminds me of you know one of my favorite albums of all time, at least of recent past, is Ryan Beatty's um, Boy in Jeans, and that. Oh yeah, absolutely. It it just feels like it feels like. Songs like Power Slide and Haircut, like those really warm R&B tinged songs with perfect choruses. It sits in that lane and it doesn't do too much and it's breezy and yeah, immaculate. I love it. Totally agree. All right, next one, Maisie Peters, Psycho. Maisie! Okay, so this is another Ed, Steve Mack situation. Maisie is um, signed to Ed's Gingerbread House Records or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, Yeah. I Wait, I didn't know it was Ed and, and Steve. Yeah, it's Ed, I think it's I'm not Is Maisie on it too? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it's not written for her. I think it's Ed, yeah. Steve, Maisie. Um, yeah, you're right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think Maisie is a fucking superstar first and foremost. Yeah. Well, I'm saying a lot of people are superstars today, but no, she is the real deal. Yeah, you're very like, fired up for 7.30 in the morning. I know. It's 7.50 now, and I've had one cup of tea. So I'm trying to get wow. off the coffees because my heart was beating at 115 beats per minute yesterday, and I Googled what is average heart rate, and apparently it's not meant to be above 100. So <laughs> Yeah, not, I'm not cutting, quite right. I'm cutting back on the coffees. Um, <laughs> how's me Googling what is average heart rate? <laughs> what should uh, heart rate what? be? I did that one week, like 
I remember distinctly it was after we saw Robin in concert and my heart rate never came down after dancing on my own. <laughs> and I was Googling it all week and I kept checking it on my Apple Watch. And I did this thing where I went to sleep with my watch on so it measured my heart rate overnight. It said my heart rate was 140 BPM all night. <laughs> so that sent me into an absolute spiral of a panic attack. You know what it was? Watch was broken. <laughs> <laughs> do it <laughs> no I need the, to spend four days concerned i love the idea of did you consult a doctor or anything you know what i didn't which is one of my major downfalls <laughs> <laughs> that i will wait until i am not moving to consult a doctor <laughs> someone on uh, this is a good part where i should mention someone on pop chops the facebook group said that we um, go off topic too much and don't know what we're talking about. So I would like to say good morning to that person. I would like to say correct. And you are accurate. (laughs) Because I agree with you. Case in point. And that's the beauty of this podcast. And fuck you. Fuck off that we don't know what we're talking about. Maybe off topic, but oh, we literally. Don't know what we're talking about. No, I, I saw that. I, I literally commented back. I said, whatever. And then I, <laughs> I and then I forgot about it until now. Always open uh, for constructive feedback. Absolutely. Just don't send anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> Never criticize us because we're white males and we do not take it well. We're fragile. Okay, back to Ma- back to Maisie before our friend gets upset again. Um, so yeah, I I think she's in about to hit a kind of superstar era and she's got the most remarkable backing and not that it should be about having the backing of the biggest pop star in the world to make you incredible she is incredible on her own i think she's got this really fun kind of diary entry kind of way of writing her pop music yeah but with really really strong hooks i think she's got a really unique vocal style but the thing that carries it all forward is her she's just so charismatic and so sharp and so engaged with her audience and so dedicated to making them happy and um you know and the music that goes with it really reflects that as well i think john hughes movie the the single before this was a fucking masterstroke if you're a sigrid fan or you know an astrid s fan or just a fan of really great kind of big you know cinematic pop music um, that was a, yeah. a master stroke, and I think this is a great follow up. So, yeah, it's Maisie's season, baby. It's bloody hard to make an Ed Sheeran song not sound like an Ed Sheeran song, you know? Like, as soon yeah. as you hear that he's written a song, you know it every time almost. And this one I actually didn't know about until you said it. So, uh, like, that's super impressive. And I haven't followed Maisie very much. I Only on John Hughes' movie was I alerted to her. And Psycho smashes it out of the park for me. Definitely a bop. One of like my favorite kind of discoveries of the year is yeah. Psycho. So bop. All right, final one. Bop. Post Malone, Motley Crue. Oh, I don't think I've heard a worse song this year. Really? <laughs> what a tr- what a fucking flaming trash heap. And this is a guy I've backed into the hills. And I've, I've said, I know, you know, I'm surprised to hear this. What a wonderfully diverse artist. And he's able to hit so many different, you know, things. But he takes like two years off and comes back with 
basically just showing us that he can rap. Like we get it, man. Yeah. Like we totally un- we understand that you can rap and that you're a hard boy and shit, but you're actually not. Like we know exactly who you are. Um, and just like uh, th- uh, bringing in the idea of Motley, cr- like the whole pastiche of Motley Crue, just to make yourself come across yeah, harder. Yeah, that shit can go. Oh, uh, and I, I just think it's a boring middle of the road rap song that's been uh, like that's been done by other people better in the last twelve months. It, it's a flex song. It's a you know it's a braggadocious moment, but we don't yeah. need that from Post. Like Post has moved. Post has transcended that. We understand that you can rap. And yes, if you want to flex and have some fun with it, sure. But for your kind of comeback song, it's a no from me. It's a flop. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be a standalone single. It doesn't feel like it's getting the hype that that a lead post single would. Yeah, and, that's what but I thought. In saying that, I generally find him difficult to listen to. This was one of the first ones I got through and was wasn't offended by strangely enough even though his his vocal tone in those rap verses is like bordering on completely nonsensical <laughs> but <laughs> i got through it so now did given you that prefer... i got through it i'm going bop <laughs> wow did you, you your standard for bop today is quite low i'm gonna say um it is low if it, I, okay so once again i've got a pop filter and instead of putting it holding it up with a book or something I'm just holding it in my hand And I keep bashing the microphone with it So I'm just going to give up um, Did you prefer this over his Hootie and the Blowfish cover Of Only Want to Be With You For the Pokemon 25th anniversary uh, no, no I quite enjoyed that actually <laughs> Same <laughs> <laughs> If you threw that up i go pop He's very Always one for a Hootie and the blow- Blowfish yes. cover I want to hear him do it involved Mighty Mighty Boss Tones cover, I think, would be good. Love to hear him do the impression yeah. that I get. Yeah. I think he'd be good at that. <laughs> well, good little analysis of the week's new music. And there's been some... Yeah, I'm excited. Music's in a fun place at the moment. I feel like there's a lot of fun records coming out and people trying it is. fun things. And, it's, yeah, it's back, nice. baby. It's back. Ba- music's back, baby. It's back, baby. Speaking of baby, <laughs> it's Charlie, baby. I'm doing a lot of speaking of today. I'm trying out segues. It's not working very well. I like it. You're doing well. So, Charlie. Charlie is obviously almost the premise for this podcast. She fits the Flop Stars box perfectly. She's somebody who's had huge mainstream success, huge commercial success, really over the space of a year. Mm. And then tried to follow it up, didn't go so well, and has since then completely detoured from the mainstream and done some of the most experimental pop stuff you're likely to hear and and a lot of sounds that have eventually made it into the mainstream pop world at like a a lower frequency but obviously she's done her work with Sophie with Vroom Vroom and then kind of found her collaborative home with AG Cook who's worked on the past few records with her and I mean you you she's had a few moderate hits along the way but certainly nothing that reached the heights of boom clap or fancy. And generally you wouldn't, I think she's in a lane now that's so comfortable where she's got her fans. She knows exactly what she's doing. She knows her sound that you would think that she wouldn't kind of re-enter the mainstream pop arena. But by the way she's speaking, it sounds like she's ready to give it a shot. And it's quite exciting, I think, because She's not the kind of person who's going to get Steve Mack and Ed Sheeran to write a song for her and go through that way. She's going to come through with a sound that 
nobody's hearing on radio, I think. I don't necessarily agree. I think she is Ooh. bold. I know, look at us, fucking hell. Um, I think she is bold enough to take a, a kind of inauthentic approach. And she actually alluded to this on Twitter earlier today saying inauthentic is the new authentic and then a nail polish emoji. I think she's bold enough to go, give me the best pitch songs that are out there yeah. right now and let me have a go at them. And so do you just own it and own that space and own... You reckon her... she's going to proper sell out? Yeah. I genuinely... Like, do. like ditch I, I think AG for the happen. record. AG can stay if he wants. Yeah. But I, I would not be surprised if she is out there taking, you know, Max Martin cuts that are sitting there right for the take for, for the picking and, and sifting through that Steve McInerney well, and collaborations Well, she did say that folder. she's really into singing other people's songs at the moment. But we've got to remember too, like, Charlie is a fucking great pitch writer as well. Yeah. So, like, she has access to these big pop songs already because she wrote them. She just often shies <laughs> away from them. Exactly. But I think, look, I, I think she will lean into, I, I'm getting the sense that she will, and I hope she does this, that she will lean into the inauthenticity and she will lean into the product kind of energy of, of just crafting a really great pop product rather than worrying about it being an expression of herself and an extension of the person that she is. I think she is out yeah. here to, to just sort of do this for the sake of it and to create a really perfect pop record that, you know, doesn't worry about the normal things that she has worried about in the past of, of sort of making sure that they are reflections of who she is and that they are groundbreaking, that they are pushing the, pushing the barrier, um, which is a hard line to carry because she'll either fucking nail it and bring out, you know, and I think she's still kind of dabbled in pop music that kind of feels current. Like 1999, yeah. I think it's a good example of Yeah, something that's the that, one I kept thinking of in yeah. the context of this. And she just, she sounds so good on it. And her personality, she's got one of those personality voices as well. Um, you know, th those voices that, that can, in I think going back to Maisie Peters, who we talked about a little bit earlier, she's got one of those voices that can take an, a really strong idea, a really strong lyrical idea and a really strong melody and yeah. personalise it and turn it into yeah, her definitely. own thing. So I think She's a great the, like dance vocalist too. Like She does mm. a good job on a David Guetta song. Yeah. So I, I think there is all likelihood that she will lean away from what she's done in the past. I still think there will be an element of groundbreakingness to it. And I don't disagree with you that, you know, there will pretend, you know, very likely be a sound that's not on the radio at the moment that comes out from this. But in yeah. terms of, you know, I would see her working with those obvious names and working with those obvious people that don't feel like, you know, that, that, that aren't the usual underground that she's worked with in the last kind of five years or so. Um, yeah, that's just my inkling. I, w I would like to see both. I just can't yeah. see her doing that. Like, I, I think she's going to have a big... She's going to come through with some big-ish collaborators, but I can't see her, like, for example, singing, like, a Your Song by Rita Ora or, like, a song that would be pitched to Little Mix, you know? See, I can. I absolutely can. I can definitely see her. If there's not a... Okay, I will give you $50 if there's not a okay. Steve Mack right on the record. I'll give okay, you $50. Deal. deal. I think there's going to be a Steve. 
I mean, I would love to see it because I would love to see her like shoot up the charts again because I reckon if she could do that, then she has a better chance of bringing some like really crazy shit to the charts too, you know? Like, I I think if she was able to just get one more hit, then it's kind of her playground. Because right now she's really, like, in the experimental bag. If you think about her last record being How I'm Feeling Now, which was arguably her most alternative record, I I think this could give her a real chance to to jump into some really fun territory. But I, I agree with you that she hasn't fully moved away from the mainstream. Like, when you think about that Charlie record, 1999 is was great for radio. Um, White Mercedes, I feel like, could have had a good moment at radio. Even Gone with Christine and the Queens was, like, hooky enough to do something. So I think it's all just yeah. about positioning and marketing. Yeah, I mean, even Blame It On Your Love with Lizzo kind of struck at the moment that Lizzo yeah, was starting to get some... Some, some, you know, notoriety, it, and that's the thing. I think we, I think we consider Charlie's last few years to have all been in that really experimental world, where there were some moments that did have crossover potential, yeah. and some of them did crossover, albeit not as massively as Boom Clap or, you know, or I Love It, but. You know, there were some moments that dabbled in radio, and she's definitely not become so alternative that radio won't touch her. Um, you know, she's still a superstar. She's still a, a big pop star. I just think this, if she's going to have another tilt at, you know, making her most pop album yet and making her most mainstream album yet, it's going to have to be unashamedly mainstream. And it's going to have to not be compromising on what she needs to make that happen. And it's going to have to not be compromising, you know, the the authenticity kind of thing. She she might have to compromise some of that authenticity in order to get herself a chart hit and and get yeah. herself back on the radio because she is naturally because she is a very unique and quirky and you know different individual. Um, she naturally won't strike through the mainstream necessarily if she goes yeah. completely authentic and goes with exactly what comes out of her heart. I think there's yeah. some some pop smarts that she will, and, and Charlie is one of the smartest people in pop music. There's some pop smarts she's going to have to apply to this and some sort of audience smarts that she's going to have to apply to the record, um, which I think she's perfectly capable of doing. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I kind of agree. I still just don't think she's going to go full mainstream in that way. But I... But it's, oh, it's such a hard one. It's it really is. difficult. Because if she does that and she strikes at the mainstream with something that is super mainstream, that her fans aren't going to necessarily dig as much and she misses, she's going to, one, not reach a fan base that already didn't care about her and, two, ostracise a fan base that really cares about her. So there's still like a risk involved in, in doing a move like that. I think, though, yeah, I think you're right that it's not too far of a stretch. Like, when you think of Blame It On Your Love, that could have easily been a a radio hit, and her fans don't love Blame It On Your Love either because it, like, interpolated track 10, which they think is superior. So she kind of already did that. So there's a chance it could be quite a Charlie album with, like, two or three really big singles on it. There's an interesting thing she's going to have to straddle here of... I should not use the word straddle in music criticism. 
I no, I like I, her. I think she's going to have to ride this line really interestingly of not uh, of working out what her fans want her to do and yeah. how to tap into more humans because you're right I think blame it on your love is a good is a good case study of like her fans want her to be authentic as fuck and and stick to her authenticity but they also want her to be a superstar and be well known and win awards and stuff so yeah. how do you how do you ride that line of of not pissing off the stands but also getting the stands to come on board and support you in your quest to build a huge audience um it's a, yeah it's an existential question why don't we work out exactly who Charlie should be working with to allow her to hit more human beings on the head with her music? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so this is the collaborator generator, which if you were with us last episode, you'd be familiar with. So I am going to just pull out random collaborators and you have to tell me whether or not they would work well with Charlie. I'm excited. I'm excited about this because I, I feel like I've got a good sense of who she is and who she's not. Okay. Yeah. I think you, I think you can do well with this. Thank you. The first one is Addison Ray. Oh, fuck. Okay. This is interesting. Addison Ray. I wasn't expecting you to come out with that. Yeah. Straight off the top. Well, a slight spoiler. Mm-hmm. She's already been riding for Addison Ray. Really? Yeah. I think it was Addison Ray. Who was the one that had the really bad song that. I'm obsessed. I say me too. Yeah. I say me too. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one she's working with. Um. Charlie XCX, I'm working with Addison Ray in the studio. She's great. She comes with great lyric concepts. They all sound like Vroom Vroom lyrics. It's super cute. She's a great pop star. <laughs> all right. With that context, I reckon yeah. it'll work. Um, I also think, you know, yeah, like she comes in with cute ideas and I think Addison's got this kind of like, she's not taking this too seriously kind of thing. She's just making yeah. fun little bops that people can get their rocks off to. That, again, weird phrasing um yeah i i really yeah i actually think that would work i think they're both they're both able to not take it too seriously when they need when when it's required when you need to not take it seriously um so yeah it's a yes from me on addison ray okay next one is the spice girls absolutely oh okay 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 let me before i say absolutely because on paper yes of course the Spice Girls and Charlie would make sense together. But do we have too many cooks? And do we have too many strong opinions coming through? And do we wreck the magic of the Spice Girls by throwing another spicy girl into the mix? These are the questions that must be answered. Yeah. Also um, considering they haven't released anything for a very long time. So this would probably be their comeback. Well, they did release um, Feel Your Love or whatever that song was that was originally going to be the first single. They did. Re- they finally released that on Friday. God, thank God it wasn't a single. It's like five minutes it's, meandering it's ballad. Terrible. Can you imagine that over Wannabe? Oh, I watched a doco the other day about how they chose the first single um, for the Spice Girls. It's re- I'll send you the link. It was actually really good. common sense, was it? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, okay, this is a tough one. I feel like they'd make some really fun records. They would. But, yeah. Charlie would be a great writer for them, I feel like. I can't see her performing alongside them, but I think she'd be a great writer. Yeah. No, I'm I'm here with that. Yeah. I'm down for that. Okay. The next one is Dan Nigro. Ooh. Okay. This is interesting. I'm going to go yes. For those who don't know, this is um, Olivia Rodrigo. Um, Conan, Conan Gray, Conan Gray, yeah, Conan Gray, Conan Gray, and uh, Sky most Ferreira, recent, Sky Ferreira, and Caroline Polachek, and Caroline Polachek. That's right. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that song came out today, didn't it, the Caroline one? Or yes, yeah, featuring Danielle Hull's baby, who makes Belter. an appearance. Belta. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so Daniel um, obviously is you know about. To become if he hasn't already become one of the most important producers in the world um you know just the diversity of what he put onto um sour just i think is is case in point of how incredible he is but also what he's done in the past yeah. you know the conan records is it's just an amazing producer on the conan records you know um there's that conan song that i fucking love that was a kind of before he was big was amazing and it's like a pop punk record um is it Maniac? No, the one it, it's before Maniac, and it's it's it feels like a pop punk song. Um, hang on, it's around here somewhere. Uh-huh. Maybe this is why they say we don't know what we're talking about because we, we don't. Because we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, I you can't be write bothered. For Charlie. Checkmate, Checkmate by Conan Gray. Yeah, great, great song. One. So yeah. Conan, um, glad we did that. Yeah, so, you know, Daniel has shown that he can literally produce anything. And also, I think the fact that he seems to be sort of like, he's not a one single producer. He's a connect to the artist, connect to the record, make the record with the artist kind of producer, which I think is really, really important. Um, And I think that would probably work quite well with Charlie. That said, Charlie is quite good at not, you know, with, with the exception of AG, um, and Sophie, you know, Charlie's quite good at running around and producing records with whoever wants to. Um, yeah. But I think they would find a nice little connection. I think as well, if you want a, a really strong female pop, you know, case in point, that's kind of in the same ballpark. Sky Ferreira is a very obvious one as well. Um, that's worked extensively with Dan in the early days. Um, so, you know, they could have a little, you know, WhatsApp intro text um, and get to know each other. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear what it come I out like of that. I like that you're already thinking about how it's going to logistically come yeah, together. exactly. No, I'm, I think, you know, they're always an ANR. But um, I think as well, you know, maybe that should be reserved for the next record because I don't know whether Dan's going to be able to find the number one that I think Charlie can get if she goes with a few more obvious choices. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that logic. I agree with you. I think they could work, but maybe they don't need each other, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's yeah, just not worthwhile for either of them. No. That could be the okay, case. Okay, the next one is uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite new thing that people on Twitter do is say they've seen Ghislaine Maxwell somewhere. <laughs> like, 
all the Melbourne Twitter gays, I'll wake up on a Friday and they'll be like, I can't believe Gizley Maxwell was at Circuit last night. The, the gay club. And I'll be like, this is funny. Gizzy, as we affect- affectionately refer to her. Um, oh. No, the next one is Eiffel 65. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. I've been watching so much pop. After watching This Is Pop, I went on like a hunt for yeah. other pop documentaries to watch because I'm just obsessed with the like 90s and early noughties era. Um, They're the like moment. Swedish and the, the Boys to Men episode was so good. Oh, the Swedish episode was amazing. And I had no idea but- how big Boys to Men were. I didn't realise just how huge that band was. Like, fuck. That, massive. No idea. Out of control. And again, it's probably because, you know, the racist world that we live in has erased their achievements after NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys came along. Um, yeah. But they I, have more success than all of them. They, combined. like, almost spent the entire year on the top uh, the it's top spot same. of the charts. How does that kind of shit get erased? It's just, it's, it, it, there's a whole other conversation to be had about that um and again our friend on pop Chop said that we go off topic too much and i'm very conscious of that now and you hurt me um yeah now you've absolutely derailed this episode because you've put doubt into the back of our minds exactly we're usually fearless performers and now we've been forced to constructively critique ourselves through the episode yeah and it's so thank you and just think about what you're doing before you spill hatred online exactly in the future magic (laughs) lost (laughs) back to Eiffel 65 yes okay so god we really went off top there um (laughs) Eiffel 65 interesting one I just feel like Charlie suits those very particular few years really well like 98 yeah, to 2001 so do I. I think like yeah. that you know new millennium pop y2k pop yeah um i think she just suits that era so well and i think she'd be able to cry and because she's got a silly silly brain um i think she could probably craft something quite fun with eiffel 65 perhaps the comeback yeah. single so yeah i'm gonna go yes i've been very positive about these collaborations I'd, I completely agree with you with Eiffel 65. And it actually like leads on well to what I think that she should do with this ne- next record, which is kind of like lean into that period of pop music. Like in the same way that Ava Max or Mabel are. Yes. Like with Every Time I Cry or Let Them Know. If she's going to go big pop, like draw into the mis- nostalgia from that period because... I feel like in a way she initially took the music from that period and kind of twisted and distorted it and like deformed it until it was to to her taste. But I feel like she could be more pure with that kind of reference. Yep. I think there is really something in that. And I think there is something in looking back. And this is why I'm excited by the idea of her working with a Max Martin or working with a, you know... I was about to say Dr. Redacted, but absolutely not. Um, but working with... God, can you imagine? <laughs> but like going back to... It. You know, going back to the Dennis Pop era and and looking at those incredible people who broke the mould in the 2000s and just made this saccharine stuff that just, you know, just hits you properly. I'd love to see her work with, you know, the guy who wrote Dynamite for BTS and stuff. Just really tap into those simple, fun, yeah. addictive kind of pop songs of the late 90s and early noughties with really strong hook ideas, really interesting, strange production, 
you know, yeah. the, the, I'd love the Natasha Bedingfield kind of sound on a Charlie record. You know, <laughs> oh with my a bit god, R and B kind of Are we talking like unwritten or absolutely? Well, you know what's kind of PC music pre PC music? Do you remember that Natasha Bedingfield song that was like, "I want to have your babies"? Yeah. So you popping up like day like that was kind of kitsch and weird before that kind of stuff was happening. That's so it. You heard it first. Ag Cook. Learn everything he knows from yeah. Natasha Bedingfield. I want to say your idea there of her literally just honing in on those maybe three or four years, 98 yeah. to 02, and just, that's five, and just going... We're talking like DJ Sammy, Eiffel 65, um, Ace of Bass. Blue. Yeah. Um, Ace of Bass is a great example. Just yeah. lean into that era, early Britney, the earliest Britney... You know, lean into that stuff and, you know, uh, yeah, I think there's something really special to be said for that. And I think, yeah, instead of deforming and sort of reorganizing that sound, do those songs, you know. And are saying, you know, when you go to a restaurant and they're like a deconstructed apple pie and Mm. it's like spread out in seven parts across the plate. That's like pop too, but we're asking for like the formed pie. (laughs) Can be straight out of the box. No, <laughs> just pop no it in the trickery. pop in the microwave and that'll do. Yeah, in the microwave for twenty minutes and send it out. Scoop of <laughs> vanilla ice cream, <laughs> on top, and we're done. Yeah, I, I think you've really you know you've tapped into something there. And I think if she's in this, you know, if she's happy to be singing other people's songs at the moment, maybe there is something in diving into the catalogs of stuff that didn't come out in the late nineties, early noughties that was still really strong. Um, yeah. And maybe repurposing some Let's, of that stuff. Before people like jump on her too for being like, I'm up for singing other people's songs because people are always like, oh, that's inauthentic. Nah, 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 nah. Boys was not written by Charlie XCX. Yeah. Boys was, was love. So she, she can do it. That's a really good example. Yeah. It's been done. There's also another song she cut a demo for that I can't. I can't remember what it was, but she didn't write it. Ah, oh, Issues, Julia Michaels. Oh, of course. Yeah. And she did, Um, did she do the demo for, like everyone did, did she do the demo for The Middle, for Zed? I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That I was basically she... just a revolving door of every female <laughs> pop star. And no one got, I still stand by, Anne-Marie was perfect for that song. And oh, Zed you, says Anne-Marie is perfect for anything in my opinion Zed originally chose Anne-Marie And then she couldn't do it Because Friends was coming out Why the f- uh, I guess Friends was pretty big But not as big as the middle it was huge. She couldn't do it It's not like she It's had not two- like Friends was taking up too much time It's like an animated video wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> No I think it's just Release schedules and shit Annie, it was, silly, I don't know if you know that It was a girl. rather large song it was quite big. There was a billboard. It, it was big. It was very big, Friends. I always yeah. forget she did that. It's in a billion. Massive. <laughs> um, All right. Right. We are... We, <laughs> I've got to go in seven minutes, though. Yeah, detouring a lot. We're <laughs> going to play our game. The biggest hit you've never heard. Okay. What Nick and I have to do is we have to present or pitch our lead single for this record that's going to blast Charlie back onto the charts. Oh, I'm so sorry. we have to give you... The name, the producer, the vibe, and the length. All right. How are you feeling? I'm nervous, but I'm excited. And I feel like I've foreshadowed a fair bit of this. I'm just still, I'm not 100% there with the title because I've, I've kind of 
reorganized it as the show's gone on. So yeah. I'll give you the producer, the vibe and the length first, and then we'll get the title on. Okay, great. Producer, Max Martin. Yeah. Just keep it simple. Go for Just something underground. Keep it. Max still gets people excited. When you see Max has done something, you get excited because you know it's going to move pop a tiny bit. Um, yeah. Even if it's a Coldplay song. Still even great. Even if it's a S- Stephanie McIntosh song. <laughs> Literally. We love this <laughs> shit. Um, okay. Yes. So I'm going to go Max Martin for producer. Vibe yeah. is Amazing. early 2000s, big pianos, um, kind of hip hoppy kind of beat, but interpolated into a pop kind of moment. I'm thinking the baby one more time beat, basically. I'm thinking that as yeah. a sort of sonic palette to use. You've got a bit of spacey kind of synths in there. You've got real pianos. You've got, you know, iconic chords that bring the, you know, that move the song forward. Um, yeah. And a very strong chorus idea. Length, perfect 330. Just make 330 banger. No yeah. radio, no radio edits required. No extended edits required. Just one song. Keep it simple, yeah. stupid. Title. I'm always I'm always tough with titles. Um, call it baby, just baby, baby. Love yep. it. I'm streaming it. I've pre-saved it. Already. Thank you for pre-saving it and pre-adding it to your <laughs> Apple Music library as well. <laughs> I now have an obnoxious playlist called Charlie XCX in capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I like that one. Are you ready for mine? Yes. Right, song's called Pop Shit. Producer is AJ Cook's on there with Oscar Gores. (gasps) Yep. The writers are Charlie, Tuvelo, and Ray. Yep. The length is 2 minutes 58. And the vibe is an early 2000s four to the floor house track. Okay. That's what I've got for you. You are and writers because I want Ray's like really quick like yep. verse writing like she does on the Mabel song. Yeah, but then I want Tuvelo's kind of like smutty, um, dirty hooks, and then I obviously just want Charlie there because it's it's her record. Yep. and she's a great writer. <laughs> so okay, she should be in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so ideally, I think yours will be better. You can't make it though. Just let Toven. Um, and, and Mabel had head off with it. <laughs> I think yours is going to work better, to be honest. I think it will be a natural progression from where she's come from. House is a moment at the moment yeah. as well. House is working. Ray is a genius and Ray and Charlie know each other and, and Charlie backs Ray into the hills. Um, yeah. I think I'm not 100% sure on your title. Pop yeah, shit. I reckon we should swap your title yeah. in and my title out. Yes. And then we could. I just wanted something a bit obnoxious. Yep. Well, I think but Baby baby's still good. takes the piss a little bit as well. So that's what why about, Baby works. Yeah, it's like very obvious pop title. Yeah. But what about if she was singing about like an, her actual future baby? No, I don't want it. <laughs> 
Only to refer like to a, a dear partner. future husband kind of track. Oh, that's you that's know what another we idea. Suggest for her a sixties doo-bop ballad <laughs> penned by Charlie Boo. <laughs> and the guy from Spy Kids. Um, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, and I then think you may you as well got... throw in there Joe Alwyn, just artists and partners. <laughs> A really nice band-aid moment. <laughs> I think you've got... Yeah, the new Yoko. I think you've got the winner there. I think you, you've come up with the better song, but I agree. My yeah, but we better. had to take some of yours. So yeah, true. We'll, we'll give like an, a 30-70 kind yeah. of win split. I'm happy with that. That's how the royalties are going to work. That works. Between us. That definitely works. Um, yeah. I'm excited. I'm very excited about the next era. It's going to be fun. I'm very excited. Quickly, do you have any kind of artists that you think are doing good things right now that Charlie should be peeping at? Ooh. I'm really digging Mabel's vibe right now. And yeah. also, I think Ava Max is a bit of a local, but I feel like Charlie could do <laughs> Ava's vibe without the locality of it. I think Ava could. I think Ava's a good example. I think if you want mainstream, Anne Marie's doing some very obvious tilts at the mainstream at the moment, and I think we'll continue to do so. There's an album coming, and I yeah. think it's going to be very, you know, it's actually she potentially really going to hit the nail on the head. Yeah, <laughs> has she? It's interesting with Anne Marie because I think she could be looped in with those, you know, people who've had hits, but. Not, aren't household names But I don't yeah. know There's something about What she's doing at the moment That feels like it's going to Infiltrate a new audience And I'm excited by it um, So little Annie um, And if you want the pop <laughs> If you want the dance side of things Look at what Joel Corey's doing <laughs> Is that from Annie? I think so I haven't seen Annie sounded, sounded <laughs> No me right. neither You'd have more, more, Sorry more, what did yeah. you say? Um, I think as well, there's maybe something in what Joel Corey's doing. Joel Corey's doing a very obvious tilt at being a personality kind of artist. Um, you know, I, and, and... I reckon that Charlie should jump on a, like a Joel Corey record in between like now and the album and the lead single just to like yeah. get the mainstream buzz going. It might Charlie seem Charlie fans obvious. are going to fucking hate this, but you've got to remember <laughs> this is like... This is trying to get her into the mainstream. It's the point of this podcast. It's we love her, her weird shit. You know, we we can't speak highly enough about everything else she's done. But like, yeah, if she's gonna do something different, there's an this objective. This is our here. blueprint. Yeah, there's an objective. Yeah. Um, I'm, you have to go. I have to. I have to be on the radio in 28 minutes. But I am so psyched for this next Charlie era, and yeah. I hope it goes. I hope it is her ticket back into being a household name. I hope so too. I like that she's got ambition and I feel like she can find a way to straddle both Good. mainstream pop star and alternative pop popper darling. Thank you for my thumbs up. <laughs> Zoom emoji. <laughs> Nick's just decided not to speak for the rest of the podcast and just no, give me Zoom was, reactions. I thought that was a perfect end. It was like you could literally end it there. Um, follow us on Spotters and shit. Yeah, well, I thought it was a no- I thought it was a nice natural. I thought it was beautifully concocted the way you were speaking. Poetic. Just then. It was very poetic. Uh-oh, follow us so you on me to end it. Follow us on Spotify and stuff. And um, if you're liking this new era of the potty where we do the future tell us whose career you want us to plan out um flick is a 
note on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. If you don't like it, don't tell us because as you can see, criticism derails it's upset me. the episode. Yeah, it's upset yeah. me. Hello it's to whoever right. that man was that said the mean thing about us. Um, All right, you can listen to Nick on radio in 28 minutes. Yeah. Well, actually not because this podcast won't be up. That's a very good but, point. Um, but yeah, yeah. You, can, you can hear him on the hit network. Thank you for your promotion of me. <laughs> Have a wonderful week, friends. We'll see you soon. Bye.